Good morning, everybody. Happy week of August 19th. Hard to believe we are now more than halfway through the last month of summer. It has been a hot summer for sure. And um, I hope that you took some time over these last two and a half, three months to get some rest, get some respite. Today, I'd like to talk about a topic that was very hot over the weekend on social media. And that topic, of course, is the New York Times groundbreaking series, The 1619 Project. Of course, if you're not familiar with it, just hit Google. It's everywhere. There's a great video on YouTube uh, that introduces you to the project. Uh, The project was started, the brainchild of Ida B. Wells, a great granddaughter who is on Twitter. And you can follow her under the name Ida Bay Wells. uh, And it's in as in Nancy, Hannah Jones is her Twitter name. And I tell you what, she's really uh, made history with this and and kudos to the New York Times. I know they've come under fire by the president, but who hasn't? I know that they've been under attack that somehow they've switched from the Mueller report to race baiting uh, was the cry of conservatives on social media all weekend. And I wanna talk a little bit about that today. Again, we are in our soft launch phase of this new podcast, E Pluribus One, which is based on my uh, award-winning book, E Pluribus One, Reclaiming Our Founders' Vision for a United America, which came out in January 2017. Uh, We'll have a paperback version out in 2020. We're working on that now. We'll update it and uh, add some new content to it as we will be in a presidential year. But I wanted to do a podcast that... I felt was missing in the political landscape today. You know, there are a ton of political podcasts. Uh, Many of them left, many of them right. Uh, Some of them parody, some of them uh, comedy. Uh, But I really wanted to focus on something that brings us together, on something that unifies us, on something that makes us think about the founding of our country, about how we started, about who we are, about who we want to be and who we do not want to be. And I can't think of a better topic uh, today on this Monday, August 19, 2019, than this 1619 project. It has special significance to you if you live here in Virginia, as I do, because as you know, Virginia was the first colony in 1607, started by the Virginia Company. And then in 1619, 20 slaves arrived at Fort Comfort, Virginia, near Hampton Roads, And they were the first enslaved people uh, to be brought here to America, to the new colony of Virginia. And of course, uh, slavery spread into New Amsterdam and other places by the Dutch. And it became a very profitable human trafficking enterprise. Let's call it what it is. And it lasted for 250 years. In fact, think about it like this. Slavery lasted longer than America is as old. Do you know what I mean by that? Founded in 1776, we are now 243 years old as a country. Slavery lasted 250 years legally, and then we had 100 years of legalized segregation, Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal, which was not struck down until the 1950s. Think about that, Brown versus the Board of Education. And then there was another 50 years of fighting over civil rights, voting rights, access to rights, women's rights, um, affirmative action, et cetera, and et cetera. And here we are in 2019 of August, 400 years later, and we're still fighting about 
race. We're still fighting about whose country this is. We're still fighting about white supremacy and white nationalism and, 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 and how the others, meaning people of color, don't really belong. I had a number of people uh, be very vile on Twitter this weekend. I'm used to it, but a number of uh, Make America Again crowd attacking and out in full force, very angry about the 1619 Project articles, uh, interestingly so. How can you be angry about something that happened? In fact, this isn't make-believe, it happened. Slavery was legal in America. Africans were stole from their continent. Oh, you can make these silly arguments that they sold themselves, etc. That's bogus and it's nonsense and we all know it. The reality is, is that America was founded as a racist, white supremacist nation. I didn't make that up. That is who we are. And until we are willing to face it, and to talk about it for real and realize that the vestiges of slavery and inequality are still with us. You can only go to any city in this country. Go to go to Charleston, go to Chicago, go to Camden, New Jersey, go to Georgia, go to Arkansas, go to Tennessee, go to Louisiana, go to the Carolinas, and you will see in any major city vestiges of poverty, The Mississippi Delta, one of the poorest places in the United States, overwhelmingly African-American. These are the vestiges of slavery, of the Civil War, and of Jim Crow. Yes, black people, self-included, have achieved amazing things over the last 50 years or more. We have gone to law schools. We have become doctors. We have become engineers. We've become Oprah. We've become Colin Powell. We've become Michael Jordan. We've become... Beyonce, we've become Barack and Michelle Obama. Yes, we've had success. There is no doubt that America has perfected this union since we began, that we've made progress. But just get on social media and look at some of the hateful, vicious, disgusting things that people say. They're in denial. They're angry that the New York Times would have the audacity to tell the truth about how America started. So don't take my word for it. I would encourage all my listeners and all my followers today to go get a copy of the New York Times. I think they're going to try to make hard copies available. I know I'm trying to get one. But more importantly, go read it online. Go watch the video on YouTube. And my understanding is they're going to have a podcast, which starting tomorrow as well, that'll be available through the New York Times. This is powerful stuff. These essays are, they, they make your... The, the, the hair stand up on your arm, on the back of your neck, because you're riveted by this story, this journey, as I like to say, the story of us, because that's what America is really all about. So on this podcast, again, as we soft launch through this week, I'll be the person talking to you and getting you acclimated and talking about the principles of our family, etc. But as we launch out after Labor Day. I've already got some great guests lined up. I can't wait to tell you who they are. We're going to have people who are politicos, journos, activists, people who are jazz artists, who are politically engaged, talk about the power of music through the history of this country. We're going to have people who are corporate execs and college presidents. And this this, uh, is going to be quite the journey. And I'm very excited about it. I've wanted to, to get this this podcast off the ground for a while. And I'm glad that we've done so right now. My team is hard at work putting together the artwork and, you know, creating our brand for the podcast as we get ready to go into the fall and the last quarter of 2019. So make sure you're following me on social media at I am Sophia Nelson. 
um, on all of my platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure that you are plugged in. Um, You can follow this uh, podcast on the Anchor platform, but it's available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you can think of. Uh, We're excited about this. Again, we'll do a hard kickoff uh, after Labor Day. I've already got the first three guests booked. You're going to love them. You know them well. I'm excited. I'm going to try to get um, Miss Jones on, who is the founder, the the visionary behind the 1619 Project, and interview her as well, uh, because this is something that will live on long after we're gone in this generation. I know I'm going to share it with my nieces and with some young people that I know and encourage them to read it. So I just wanted to kind of stop by uh, and wish you happy Monday. Um, make sure that you've listened to the kickoff episode and the second episode over this weekend. And, uh, like I said, we're going to get the content out there. We're doing a soft launch now, getting people acclimated. We're starting to get listeners and followers and, uh, I'm really excited about what's to come ahead. So please take a moment, sit down with your kids, sit down with your grandkids, sit down with your wine, your coffee, your tea, your beer, whatever it is that you drink on the patio and read the 1619 Project. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. But one of the things I want to end with is I want to say something to those of you who follow me who are Caucasian Americans. And I know that uh, this topic makes you uncomfortable. Race will always make people who are not impacted by it uncomfortable. But the time has come in this country for us to get a little uncomfortable with with just uh, really dealing with truth-telling. We have to stop lying. We have to stop denying. We have to stop attacking, gaslighting, pretending these things don't happen. And we need to have a real conversation because if you love America and if you love this republic as I do and you would lay down your life for her and you would sacrifice for her, if you really love your country, then you want it to be the best country on earth. You want it to be a welcoming place, a safe place, a good place. We have to really begin to live out the words that Jefferson spoke. But don't forget, in 1776, when Thomas Jefferson penned the words, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Jefferson owned 130 plus human beings. They were his property. He was a slave owner. 10 of the first 13 presidents of the United States owned slaves. 10 of the first 13. Think about that. How then can we say we're a nation of equality and all men being equal and free and prosperous when in fact we subjugated one set of human beings so that another set could take their free labor and become rich? Be clear. America's wealth was built on the backs of slaves, not indentured servants, slaves from Africa brought here against their will held in bondage, sold off like cattle, beat, reviled, lynched and abused, the women raped and impregnated every day. This is not made up. This is the part of history we don't like to talk about because it's uncomfortable. You go to Williamstown and you look at colonial, uh, Williamsburg rather is what I meant to say, not Williamstown, that was a town in Williamsburg, but... You go there and you see the people dressed up in their nice colonial outfits and they're, you know, they're in there, the blacksmith shop and they're in the kitchen cooking. And that's your idea of American slavery. That is not the reality of American slavery. Willie Lynch, where we get the name Lynch, lynching, 
from the West Indies, Barbados, came and trained slave masters to be cruel and wicked and evil, to instill fear in their slaves by treating them so cruelly that they would be so afraid that they would never run away, they would never rebel, they would succumb and submit. So I want to challenge you as I challenge myself every day to reach out, to reach up, to lift as you climb, to talk, to dialogue with people who don't look like you, don't think like you, uh, aren't familiar with you. Have a cup of coffee, go to lunch, talk, chat, get to know each other. Read the 1619 Project. It's going to change your life. And I am going to, again, uh, hard launch after Labor Day, soft launch now. Uh, Start sharing, start listening, start learning. God bless you and keep you. I hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Good morning, listeners. Happy Saturday. I hope that you are enjoying the last weeks of summer, as they say, the dog days of summer. Hard to believe that we are almost through 2019. There will be only four months left once we hit Labor Day. And uh, I'm really excited about this podcast and uh, what I hope to achieve. You know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. Um, It can get pretty complicated, pretty noisy, pretty uh, messy in the sense that you have so many voices in your ear. You have so many messages coming at you. We're all on overload. And uh, one of the things that uh, I want to do beyond talking about politics, culture, race, uh, business, the economy, and all the things that we Americans, we the people, talk about every day, I like to be inspirational. And that is really a part of my brand. It's a part of who I am as a human being. And Know that uh, we're going to have a lot of good content here. It's going to be a little bit different from the other political podcasts that I think you're used to. I'm also working in partnership with um, one of our country's uh, bishops uh, up in New England, and we're going to do a podcast on the intersection of of politics and faith uh, that we're excited about. And there'll be more about that later, but uh, this platform is going to be really reserved for talking about America, talking about the true greatness of America, which is not what we're seeing right now, which is not about a hat that you wear on your head or or a t-shirt that you put on your chest. It's really about who we are as Americans and what we want. You know, uh, this uh, month here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, again, that's where I live, where this podcast is housed, we are focused on the 400th commemoration of 1619 and the arrival of the first 20 slaves at Fort Comfort, Virginia, which is really near Hampton Roads. There's a big debate that goes on in the historical community about whether or not it's Jamestown or Hampton, but all you have to do is look at the map and you'll see that Fort Comfort really was near the Hampton Roads area. And so I give a big shout out to my sorority sister, Kalita Fairfax, Dr. Fairfax at Norfolk State. She is one of the co-chairs of the Hampton uh, Commemorative Commission. And of course, there is the official Virginia Commission American Evolution. And so Um, I bring that up to say that a couple things. One, you ought to read the New York Times amazing series that they have on the 1619 journey. Uh, It's available now online. I don't know that you have to subscribe, but I know that you can read many articles for free. Uh, And I encourage you to do that because part of when we talk about we the people and this United States of America and e pluribus unum and all of that good stuff that we talk about, the kumbaya, if you will, the, the, the American... Uh, symbolism of our flag, of our anthem. When you talk about all those things, 
that's just the exterior. You really have to get to the root of how America was formed. And I think that really explains uh, where we find ourselves right now um, in this time, why we're still having arguments over race and class and gender, why women still aren't paid equal to men. There's some fundamental things that other countries have gotten right, uh, and they're really head and shoulders far beyond us. And there are some things that we have to still work on. So again, this podcast, E Pluribus One, you're saying, Sophia, what kind of name is that? Well, E Pluribus uh, literally is a Latin word, which means out of many. And I translated the word one instead of unum, which is our founding motto, uh, which was commissioned by the founding fathers, Sam Adams and others. Charles Thompson out of Philadelphia came up with the the uh, insignia that you see with the eagle, with the scrolls, and the motto, E Pluribus Unum, out of many one. And I think it's something worth exploring because, you know, when you think about the original 13 colonies and you think about what they were like, they were all very, very different, geographically different. Uh, they were different in that the states below uh, Maryland had slaves. The states above were free states. Uh, Some had industry. The South, of course, uh, treasure was cotton and tobacco, uh, which made it a great trading commodity around the world. The ports of Charleston or Annapolis or uh, Jamestown and and other uh, places were where slaves came in routinely. And so I think that so many of us are confused right now because we don't understand why this matters. Why do people talk about white supremacy? Why are people talking about race? We're in 2019, and after all, we've had a black president. I've literally had neighbors and friends and others say that to me and be very serious that they just don't get it, and they think that everything's fine. Well, depending on the lens that you look through, it may be fine in your world, but it may not be fine in somebody else's world. So my goal is to help us to understand I'm a bit of a nerd and you already knew that. So I'm gonna give you some facts and figures and historical things to think about, but we're gonna have engaging conversations. And my goal is, again, I wanna be a lifter. I wanna be a builder. And in that spirit, you know, every Saturday morning, I usually hop on to Periscope or one of my platforms. And I like to try to be an encourager. I like to try to take something from my life experience at, at 50 plus years of age now, I'd like to think I know a few things. There's a lot I still don't know, and I'm always learning and growing, but I want to explore those things together. So, you know, I was thinking about what could I impart to you. This is our second episode of season one. The first episode, of course, was just a kickoff. I'm going to keep these podcasts always to 15 minutes if I'm talking to you, and if we have a guest, there'll be 30 minutes. And I want to keep it tight, and I want to keep it focused because I think that it's so important Again, in a world where we are overloaded and at our capacity's limit with information, I think it's really important that when you hear from me, you're getting something that you're not getting elsewhere, and that you're walking away saying, I want to come back and hear what else she's got to say, and I'm actually learning something about this place I love, America. And if you are listening to me abroad, uh, I think this is a great place for you to learn about America as well, and why America has been that beacon of light to countries all over the world, even though we're the baby on the block. We're, we're, we're the little sibling. We're only 243 years old, folks. And if you go back to the colonial development, again, 1619 to 
2019, that's 400 years. Of course, if you use the date that um, uh, Virginia was discovered, it's 1607. So again, we're, we're 400 years at best, 243 uh, in reality. So a couple thoughts. Uh, you know, as I was thinking about the events of the last couple of weeks and months, the violence, the shootings of uh, our fellow citizens in El Paso and in Dayton. Uh, the funerals were held yesterday, and, and I see the best of America, as I know you do, when you see that uh, the man whose wife was shot in Walmart uh, in El Paso, and they didn't have children, they didn't have any family near them, and he was worried that he would be alone in mourning his wife until he opened up her funeral to the public, Mr. Bosco, and the American people showed up. They showed up and they wrapped their arms around him in the hundreds, indeed the thousands, the line being wrapped around the building of the church, the love. People who don't know this man, who didn't know his wife, but wanted to say, we're here for you, we love you. People have written letters from all over the world. People have sent checks. We are a good people in America. We are good, we are kind, we are decent. We always have been. All you have to do is look at Hurricane Katrina. All you have to do is look at the floods that took place in Houston and otherwise a few years ago. All you have to do is look at 9-11. I remember that day. I'll never forget that day. That is my generation's JFK assassination. I was a young committee counsel on Capitol Hill, and I was on my way to work, and I lived literally, if I lived five minutes from the Pentagon, that's probably too much because I think I lived really about two minutes by car and you could walk. And I'll never forget that morning, my sister-in-law calling me and saying, turn on the TV. And I'm saying, I got to run. I'm late. And she said, no, put on the Today Show. I did. And I saw the second plane hit, of course, like everybody. And then about a few moments later, I felt this horrible, uh, it was an explosion. It was, not only was it a horrible explosion, but you could hear it coming. And uh, that was the airplane carrying my former boss, Barbara Olson, uh, wife of then Solicitor General Ted Olson, on that plane being crashed into the Pentagon. And I have a video, those old JVC camcorders. I ran down with one of my neighbors. All the car alarms had gone off. Uh, it was like a jolt. And uh, we ran and we looked. We didn't know. We thought maybe a bomb had hit us. We weren't sure what happened, but it turned out to be the plane that hit the Pentagon. And I have video of the Pentagon burning probably five or ten minutes after the plane hit. Um, and that's a moment that's seared into my mind. But just seeing how people conducted themselves, what people were like in the weeks following 9-11, I've never seen anything like it. The courtesy, the respect, the kindness. Uh, we were united. We were not Democrats or Republicans. We were not black or white. We were not Asian or Latino. We were Americans. We were Americans, and we defied anybody to speak ill of us, to come against us, because we were ready. And I, I remember a moment where you had a Congresswoman, Maxine Waters, who was no friend of George Walker Bush's, but I'll never forget her getting on TV and saying in the days uh, after, but really in the hours after that, we in the Black Caucus stand united with President Bush. He's our president. And that was a beautiful moment, and that's something that I hope we get back to. Uh, this country's amazing. I love America, but I think you guys know that. I talk about it all the time. America has her problems and her challenges, but she's a good place. And so I think what I wanted to impart to you this morning in episode two of this podcast is that 
The only way we as a people and as a nation will make it out of this current dark place that we are in, and we are in a dark place in our dialogue, in our violence, in our anger, in our rancor, in our race relations, the only way that we're going to make it out of this current dark place, folks, is united. And we have to be one America. And that may sound kumbaya, and I know you're going, Sophia, that ain't going to happen. Well, I disagree. And I think that it can happen, and I think that it should happen. But it's all going to come down to a choice on our part. What are we going to choose? Are we going to choose our better angels over our darker impulses? Will we choose love over hate? Will we have a choice between liberty and tyranny? Will we dare to choose the power of respecting another man's point of view, even when it's not our own? Will we dare to choose the founding motto of this country? Out of many, the one. I mean, you really should meditate on that sometime. It's, it's a very simple phrase. It's a great phrase. But it's loaded with promise and idealism and divinity even. It's, it's loaded with a promise that you don't have to be like everybody else, but you still belong. It's loaded with, a, with an idealistic optimism that says you can be part of the whole and still be an individual. Man, that's some good stuff, America. That's some good, good stuff. So I, I really, again, get excited about this. You're going to laugh at me sometimes. You're going to be like, you know, Sophia's really uh, wonked out over this. But if you stick with me, I think that you're going to learn some things and I'm going to learn some things and we're going to have some guests that are going to educate us on a lot of things. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm already lining up some really good folks and I'm excited, uh, because I really want you to understand the journey of this great Republic. Uh, the purpose and the promise of perfecting the union is what keeps me optimistic about America. You know, uh, look folks, here's the bottom line. And then we're going to wind down, uh, today. Uh, the bottom line is this. This is not your grandpa's America. This is not your great-grandmother's America. We are operating in a different America. Demographic shifts are causing discomfort and dis-ease. Not disease, but dis-ease. Disruption, even. You know, America will be a majority-minority nation in just a decade or more. And that's powerful because never has that happened before in the 400 years since we've been around. And if this is the case, we're going to have to find a way to exist with one another, to help one another, to lift one another as we ourselves climb beyond our gender, our race, our religion, or our creed. Let me be clear again as I'm wrapping this up. As I said, I like to keep it tight. But I want to leave you with this. You know, I don't care what party you're in or about your politics. That's not what this is going to be about. We're not going to be a liberal rant or a conservative rant. That's not what this is about. This podcast is about America, American unity, American exceptionalism, American greatness, American idealism. And I want you to know that whether you are liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, you're an American first. And what I care about As we take this journey together starting um, this fall when we will officially kick off, I care about preparing you to be equipped, engaged, and informed citizens of this great republic. You know, one of the first founding principles of America, we the people, in the Constitution, and and you really ought to go and read the papers 
and the debates that took place uh, with James Madison and the founding of the, the Constitution itself, you know, very different from the Declaration of Independence. But engaged and informed citizens is a number one priority in a country like this. And part of the problem that we're having right now, the reason we're yelling, fighting, so angry and so pissed off at each other is that we're not engaged and informed in a way that's meaningful. We're watching our Fox News, our MSNBC, our CNN. Uh, We watch the channels we like and then we rail against what we don't like. So we're not taking the time to uh, get to really know for ourselves what America's about. We're, We're having news filtered to us and fed to us in ways it really is not helpful. And the reality is, is that a republic cannot stand if the citizenry is not engaged because a republic is a form of government that's very different from a democracy and others, a socialist country or a communist country. It's representative democracy. It's representative government. It's a government by, of, and for the people. And that's what I need you to hear. Why are only 50% of this country voting in any election and less in off year cycles? That's awful. We need to do better with that. And I'm just going to end with Lincoln's words. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Guys, we're going to have to do better because America is the story of us. It's a story of all of us. It's a story of dreamers, of risk takers and explorers, of natives and farmers, of patriots, of immigrants, and yes, of slaves. America is a story indeed. It is a story that lights the way for the rest of the world. And we're losing hold of that right now. We're becoming a place I don't recognize. The vitriol and the division is disheartening and it's dangerous. So I want to encourage you to stick with us to share this podcast because it's going to be different. And in September after Labor Day, when everybody comes back from their summer respite and rest, I'll uh, have uh, some guests on, and uh, I think you're going to be very pleased. We're going to have an official launch, like I said, after Labor Day, but I wanted to get this going now. We've had this in the works for a while, uh, but it's been hard uh, to get the time to do it. Uh, So I hope that, again, as these last days of summer wind down, you take some time with your kids, you take some time with your spouse, your loved one, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, Uh, your family. If grandmom's still with you, call her, tell her you love her. I'm about to call mine in a few moments. She's going to be 90 in January. Um, If mom and dad are still with you, spend some time with them, take them somewhere, go to dinner with them, listen to them. Um, Live your life, be successful, make money. That's all good. But at the end of the day, that's not what's going to matter to you. The end of the day, what's going to matter to you is those you love and those who love you. And, um, That's what I hope you'll remember because that's what matters to me. So God bless you and keep you. God bless the United States of America.